Okay, our reading for today is 1 Corinthians chapter 7. This chapter, if you've already read it, you'll know is an extended uh, reflection and set of instructions on the issue of marriage and uh, different topics that, that are related to it. So he'll set forth some instructions for those who are married and also advice for those who are not married. He'll address the matter of divorce. And so let's just think of, about a couple of... Uh, uh, things we can find here in this chapter that are worth mentioning. Uh, and and here's, here's the first thing. Uh, it has to do with uh, what he says in verse 10, to the married I give this charge. And then he says parenthetically, not I but the Lord. And he'll give some instructions. And then in verse 12, he says, to the rest I say, parenthetically, I not the Lord. <laughs> that if any brother has a wife, da 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 da. So, what what is it? What's going on when Paul says, "I give this charge, not I, but the Lord"? Then later he says, "Not the Lord, but I." So what what's going on? Um, what does Paul mean when he's making those distinctions uh, on the surface? Because it seems to say that what he's saying in verse twelve is just his opinion and not wisdom given to him by the Lord. I don't know that that's what he's saying, though. I'm really, in fact, I'm fairly certain that's not what he's saying, because. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all Scripture is inspired by God. So we know it's not just Paul's opinion. But in that case, how are we to understand what Paul is saying there when in verse 12 he says, I'm saying this, not the Lord. Well, the best explanation in my estimation is goes like this. When in verse 10, Paul says, to the married I give this charge, not I but the Lord. He's giving them, what follows, he's giving them a command taken from the words of Jesus himself. The command he gives there is, the wife should not separate from her husband, and the husband should not divorce his wife, which is taken directly from Jesus' words in places like Matthew 5.32. And this is why I think Paul says, not I, but the Lord, so that the reader knows that what he is saying here is a quote of something Jesus himself said. On the other hand, when in verse 12 Paul says, to the rest I say, I, not the Lord, he gives them a command following that is not taken directly from the words of Jesus. This, however, does not mean that in the strictest sense Paul's words are not inspired by the Lord. It simply means that he's not quoting something that Jesus previously said, as he did in verse 10. This is all the, that, the, to my mind, that the designation means. In both cases, verses 10 and 12, the commands are that are given are inspired of the Holy Spirit. The only difference between them is that the former had already been uttered by Jesus himself, while the latter was a new revelation. Secondly, uh, let's, let's say a word on uh, marriage and divorce. And, and this will be the, the last thing we think about from, from this chapter. Paul had already made it clear in verses 10 and 11 that the will of God for marriage is permanency. Um, that the distillation of that that will is first uttered in you know second chapter of the Bible Genesis two twenty four therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh the will of God is that husbands and wives hold fast to one another and Jesus adds what therefore God has joined together let not man separate Mark ten nine Hence, Paul reasserts Jesus' words in verses 10 and 11 to the effect that wives should not separate from their husbands and vice versa. Holding fast permanently in marriage is the will of God. We've already seen as we read our way through the Gospels that Jesus 
does give an exception which makes uh, separation or divorce permissible. And that's an important note. Permissible does not equal mandatory. <laughs> and that exception is adultery. He gives that exception twice in Matthew's Gospel. So Matthew 5.32 and Matthew 19.9. And, uh, and I say permissible, not mandatory, because even in the case of adultery, it is better to forgive and make marriage work. And, and consider in, in this instance the prophet, uh, Old Testament prophet Hosea who was commanded to, to love steadfastly and faithfully an adulterous woman, Gomer, as a picture of God's faithfulness to his adulterous people, Israel. It's always better to forgive and strive for the marriage to survive and work, but the Lord does make divorce permissible in the case of adultery. Here in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, adds one more exception. In verses 12 and following, Paul elaborates on the situation in which a believer is married to an unbeliever. In talking uh, about a believing husband being married to an unbelieving wife, or a believing wife being married to an unbelieving husband, Paul addresses a situation in which one of the parties wants to get out of the marriage relationship. In the case of a believer being married to an unbeliever, Paul makes it very clear that the believer should never be the one to initiate the separation. He says that in verse 13. Because he says in verse 13, uh, if, if any woman, that would be a, a believing woman, ha has a husband who is an unbeliever, and he, the unbeliever, consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. So the, the believer should never be the, the one to initiate the separation. It, it is a very, very poor choice for a believer to marry an unbeliever and it will have enormous and unpleasant is a is a mild word <laughs> to, to uh, ramifications in the relationship going forward but once the decision has been made it needs to be upheld by the believing spouse the exception comes Paul says when the unbelieving spouse desires to end the marriage in that case Paul clearly states if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. That's verse 15. This, along with adultery, seems to be a second exception pertaining to divorce in the New Testament. Adultery makes divorce permissible, not mandatory, and desertion by an unbelieving spouse is permissible uh, reason for divorce. The believer should always fight for, the per for permanency in the union, but these are two exceptions that make for a perma uh, permissible disillusion, but permanency in the marriage is always the goal. And those are just a few thoughts from 1 Corinthians chapter 7.